Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, the podcast hosted by myself and my esteemed co-host, Miss Jacqueline Coley. Jacqueline, we're back. Everybody's listening. And this is, I like, I, I don't make these grand proclamations all that often. This might be the toughest task we've ever had here in the many decades we've been doing Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. How you doing? Yeah, I mean... The source material for this is like 20 years old, let alone the show, which is like a, you know, good old decade. Yeah, we've got a lot to walk through on this one. A lot of walking. Did you get a nap in today? No, and I need one. But I'm I'm here with you, which is like a shot of caffeine. <laughs> I've, I've never heard myself described as that, so I will take it. I did get my nap in, which is probably why I feel so awake right now. And you mentioned that we're going to be walking, and Jacqueline made that joke because it references what we're talking about today, everyone. It is The Walking Dead. Now, most podcasts, Jacqueline, would say, okay, let's do one season of Walking Dead and call it a day. Uh, not here. Not a Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. We are doing the entire run of The Walking Dead, all is the 20th to carry the one, 10 seasons of Walking Dead that have aired thus far. We're gonna be doing it all, you, me, and our esteemed guest. I have a fun fact. I have many fun facts about The Walking Dead. Here's one. It was uh, created by Robert Kirkman, like you said, almost 20 years ago in 2003, but it took seven years for the show to debut on AMC, December 31st, 2010. We were in between Christmas and New Year's, and we got zombies, or excuse me, walkers, as they're called. In 2018, The Walking Dead received an award for being the most in-demand series ever by some award body in Miami where they study all these different sort of uh, metrics that say that, no, this is the show that people want to watch, whether they're watching it live or they're streaming it, however they're doing it. This is the show that people want to see the most. And for all of our listeners and viewers out there, at Rotten Tomatoes, we have an article that is every episode of The Walking Dead ranked by Tomato Meter because we love the Tomato Meter here. So I encourage you all to go check out that article on the site. But look, we're going to do a sweeping, broad analysis, but also get in depth with some of our favorite episodes, some of our favorite seasons, some of our favorite characters, where we think Rotten Tomatoes in that beloved Tomato Meter may be right or wrong with Walking Dead over its 10 illustrious seasons. And to do that, Jacqueline, we've recruited a guest who is somewhat of a conundrum. Now, look, he hails from Pittsburgh. He's, he's one of Pennsylvania's favorite sons. He hosted a show on the History Channel called Eating History. He's a star, okay? <laughs> one day, he's going to be hosting a popular trivia show where they give you the answer and you have to respond with a question. But until then, he is one of the founding members of the Good People Association Network. You can find all their stuff in podcast form and on YouTube. He is the host of the Daily Positivity Report, as well as his spin on said classic trivia show, Josh Purdy. He is my dear friend, Josh McCuga. Josh, you're here. And look, it's no lie that I love having you on my the goodness. show. But Jacqueline, here's why he's a conundrum is because Josh McCuga is maybe the most frady cat individual I've ever met in my entire life. 
and he has made a cottage industry out of scaring himself for the pleasure of the rest of the world. Josh, you play VR horror games, you watch uh -huh. horror movies, all because uh -huh. you, we know it's going to scare the crap out of you, yeah. and we enjoy watching it. So as somebody who sat next to you when we saw It, yeah, which was not that, a buddy. fun experience for me. No, that's my bad. Um, why The Walking Dead? Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> I tried to watch that uh, 28 days or weeks or months later, you know, the one with the zombies, uh, and that scared the living crap out of me. And then um, I watched, uh, you know, being from Pittsburgh, uh, Romero, George Romero, you know, Night of the Living Dead, he's from Pittsburgh, shot in Pittsburgh. So I was like, you know what? Zombies maybe deserve a second chance. And then everybody wouldn't shut up about The Walking Dead. You got to watch The Walking Dead. And I was watching Mad Men on AMC, all the programming on AMC. And I was like, you know what? The zombies, the walkers, whatever you want to call them, it's not for me. And then all of a sudden, like right around the beginning of season three, I was like, all right, you know what? I got to host TV talk on Collider. I need to know about The Walking Dead. I got to act like I care about these walkers. And then all of a sudden I was hooked. I liked the walkers. I thought that they, there wasn't a lot of jump scares. It was more about like the human condition and dealing with a world with walkers. And then I thought to myself, how long would I survive in this? And I would have been dead season one, episode two, but I need to see where humanity goes with all of these walkers. And then like a true Pittsburgher, I've invested way too much time into this basket, right? <laughs> Like, I, I have put all of my effort into a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates who will year in and year out lose every yep. single year. Yep. But guess what? I'm sticking until the end because one day, one of the, it will pay off. And The Walking Dead, it has its payoffs. It has its letdowns. It's like relationships in your 20s. Just kind of got to keep weathering it until you find somebody in your 30s that makes you happy. Just keep playing. Jacqueline, I, I feel like you and I are on the same page with Walking Dead because I feel like you and I both uh, put in our dues, so to speak, where I didn't necessarily get tired of watching the show because I was a loyal viewer from the beginning of it all the way, I think, through the end of or middle of season eight. And then I was just like, I think I'm done here. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, no, I was one of the people that I think AMC could just classify all of us together of the people that pretty much jump shift right after Glenn died. Yeah. Um, that mm. was uh, that was when I was done. In fact, I went to I used to go to Sunday night Walking Dead watch parties at the Jackalope in Austin. And I even like the Jacqueline at the Jackalope. Hey, yeah, yes. Jacqueline, Jackalope. That's exactly what happened. And is. I remember recording. It was me and my best friend. Our reaction to the finale, not where we find out Glenn is dead, but the finale where they do the baseball bat and then they fake you out. I recorded that and I was livid. And like, if that video is somewhere, like you literally see me do full on nerd rants. Um, and then I like kind of kept in with the next episode and. I stopped wanting to watch because of the after show. It just became an ickier endeavor. <laughs> There's a whole lot to look forward to in this episode. We're doing things a little different today. So right now, what we are going to do is go to our expert review curation manager, Tim Ryan at Rotten Tomatoes. He's the one that sifted through 10 seasons of reviews from critics, from audience, from everyone and their mother especially ones that live in Pittsburgh. And he <laughs> sifted through these to give us the highlights for a segment we call Two Minutes with Tim. Two Minutes with Tim. You know, any show that's been on the air for 10 seasons is bound to have its ups and downs. But by and large, The Walking Dead has been able to keep things relatively steady, at least from a critical standpoint. The overall score for the series is 80% with a 78% audience score. When it debuted in 2010, the series started strong. It's certified fresh with an 87% tomato meter, and the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, blood-spattered, emotionally resonant, and white-knuckle intense, The Walking Dead puts an intelligent spin on the overcrowded zombie subgenre. Subsequently, the best-reviewed season was the ninth. It's certified fresh with a 91% tomato meter. And the lowest-reviewed were the seventh and eighth seasons, which are both at 64%. The most recent season, season 10, is certified fresh at 83%. So what did the critics have to say? In a fresh review from season 9, Patrick Gomez of Entertainment Weekly wrote, The world of The Walking Dead is still a scary and dangerous place. However, in a rotten review from season 8, Christy Turnquist of Portland's Oregonian wrote, The action is so fragmented, it often feels like, to paraphrase Shakespeare, there's a lot of sound and fury going on and it doesn't signify much. 
So anyway, that's The Walking Dead. And on a personal note, I cashed out when my favorite character was killed off. No spoilers. But I will say, I think about the last moment of the first season when a gigantic explosion at a government facility is scored to Bob Dylan's Tomorrow is a Long Time. Man, that still gives me chills. And so what you, you hear that Tim talk about this, and, and I agree with the fact that people either love this show or they don't necessarily hate it, Josh. They just feel like, I think I've put in my time here and I'm going to move on to something else. But there are loyal defenders of the show now, and I count you amongst their ranks heading into the announced final season 11. I don't, it, this isn't kind of like one of those things where, oh, I've, I was a fan even through the dark. Like, no, no, no. Okay, listen. <laughs> I knew Dave Matthews' band when they were playing at Williamsburg, Virginia bars. Listen, I OAR played my front lawn in college, God, okay? I've been with OAR. them since day one. Oof, I'm going to be in a... Hey, you know I, what? Twilight episode was me and me and her just having a great yeah. time. This is yeah. going to be that episode for yeah. me, and I'm okay with this. Jacqueline, Jacqueline's name is very hard to say in the Pittsburgh accent because we have a lot of trouble saying an L after an O. So it's like Jacqueline Coy. Coy. <laughs> It's really tough. So, so anyway, so like when everybody jumps ship, I, Jacqueline, I understand your vitriol for the finale where we just saw blood come down on a camera and we got nothing else but a summer's worth of people being like, it's Glenn. It's gotta be Glenn. Oh, it's Abraham. Oh, no, it's gonna be Carl. Oh, what if it's so like everybody had their own theory on as to who the bat smashed their head in and put a solid dent like you know, crazy Joe Davola and Seinfeld. But what <laughs> I thought was, are you shocked by that? We knew that that's how it was going to end. You knew how that season was going to end. So you you, yeah. you like that this show kind of, it kind of, it takes you by the hand, guides you, but then also throws curveballs at you. Correct. That's the bottom it, line here. It's okay. the only show like Game of Thrones where they will kill off main characters often. Wait a I minute, would, though. The Game of Thrones that. didn't like fade to black right before the Red Wedding. Um, they True did top. stab Jon Snow at the end of the season and then wait for another season to bring him back but to again, life. Right, we'll bring but again, both of you back for Game of Thrones talk, but we're focusing on The Walking Dead. And to help okay. us focus is now the chore that I am so happy is not <laughs> mine. It is going to the young lady who needs a nap anyway, and she really is going to need one after this because Jacqueline... I hate to do this to you. I, I, I need a synopsis of, of Walking Dead. Um, and if you feel like breaking down seasons and characters and storylines, you know what? I'm just going to turn it over to you. Do your <laughs> thing. All right. So bear with me on this one. I'm going to try to do the best I can. But we are going to talk about the television adaptation of The Walking Dead. We open season one with Rick Grimes, a police officer who wakes up in a hospital after being in a coma for several months and wakes up literally right in the middle of the zombie apocalypse outside of Atlanta. He does, has no idea where his family is at. And he sort of just gets on a horse, gets his, uh, his shotgun after sort of stumbling around and realizing that zombies have taken over. The second season, it turns out, one of the people that Rick meets up with is Shane. This was his partner during the, um, when he was a police officer. And Shane. he was, Shane was actually the one who locked him up in a room when the zombies were taking over. And he realized that Rick was too sick to make it out on his own, but he knew that he did, wanted to give him at least a chance. He bars the door, goes back to Lori and Carl and says, hey, Rick is dead and sort of takes on as a pseudo father and is having sex with Lori at the time that Rick shows back up, setting him up to be the villain of season two. And eventually he is because Rick stabs him in the chest when he realizes there's no point in which Shane is going to put himself lower. He's going to think that he should be the leader when in actuality it is Rick. It is also Mark, if I'm ever in a hospital, please don't do that with my family. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, look, no man, no promises. The apocalypse a long time. <laughs> exactly. I'm skipping the farm because nobody cares. All you need to know is Glenn and Maggie <laughs> yeah. <have> hook up. <laughs> that was a long, long season. Let me let yeah. me give you the farm season in a real quick season. We got to go to town for supplies. Somebody got eaten. Yes, exactly. I'm not going to tell you about the farm. The farm is dumb. Just know they spent time on a farm. And then we head into season three. And season three is where we really figure out that humans are more dangerous than the zombies. The, group, the group has kind of banded together 
And they realize that they're able to fight zombies. They've got their fighters. They've got their smart folks. They know kind of how to, I think, deal with things. They find a prison, which is helpful because Lori, Rick's wife, is pregnant and they're trying to find a safe place for her to have the baby. But it is also at that time that they meet the governor, who is the first big bad of The Walking Dead. He's got an eye patch. Governor shows up at the prison, starts killing a bunch of people including Herschel, chops off his head. And now the group yet again is put in a situation where they don't necessarily know where they're going to be and what what they're going to do to save themselves. They're trying to find shelter yet again. They're back on the road. And that is where we kick off with season five. And this is Walking Dead at its heyday. No Sanctuary is the first season of that. This is also the season where we get the iconic line, we are the Walking Dead. Up until this point in the series, Everyone assumed The Walking Dead is the zombies. We come to realize that it is actually the people who are walking the earth because he also divulges the fact that everybody is infected. The disease that causes people to be zombies is with every single person. And the minute that they die, they're going to turn into zombies. A key point that you're going to see a lot throughout this series as people die by maybe gunshot and then come back as zombies to kill each other. After Terminus, after the hospital, the two groups come together. They've picked up a couple of other people and they make their way to Alexandria. This is season six. Alexandria, (laughs) Alexandria, Virginia is the closest that you can honestly say you are to some form of safety. The second half of the Alexandria season is where we meet. Do you need some water? No, we're going to make it. Negan. Negan is the big bad that is going to primarily be the villain probably for the next three seasons. And all you need to know is he is, if Rick Grimes is good, he is bad and as bad as bad can be. And he has a bat named Lucille. (laughs) Negan takes his bat Lucille, bangs Glenn in the head. Maggie, his wife, is really upset because she's about to have his baby. And, well, Negan... Really upset is a good... Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. She wasn't thrilled with the turn of events. Wasn't thrilled with the turn of events. Probably one of the biggest moments of the series is where a lot of people jump ship. In season seven, Negan is also really evil, but at certain points during the season, the Alexandra folks are working for them, trying to plot their way to figure out what they can do and where they can go. And just when you think our Alexandria folks are about to go up against Negan... Here come the whispers in season nine. These these people are zombies. (laughs) What we think are zombies at the beginning of their introduction, but they're really people that put on zombie bodies. They masquerade as zombies and kill a lot of our survivors. They are probably the scariest people in the world. They all band together and eventually... Negan does prove himself to be a member of the group that they want to keep with him in season 10 when he kills Alpha, who's a woman that he the woman he slept with, who, by the way, when he slept with her, she did not take off her zombie mask. Yes. Zombie sex. So just to give you a recap on Rick's kids, he had Carl, who we meet at the beginning of the series. He gets bit during one of the attacks with um, the Whisperers. But his daughter, Judith, during season nine, which is right before we get to the last season that they had, there is a six-year jump. Rick has left the compound. Michonne is running everything. Judith has grown up. And Daryl is now... um, Daryl and Negan are now a part of the group. And Maggie is really not happy about that idea because, again, Negan bashed her husband's head in with a baseball bat. And so when we start season 11, we have... Daryl taking off with Carol. (laughs) You have Maggie back on the show after she disappeared for a while. Rick has been lifted by a helicopter. We have no idea where the heck he is. And we're trying to decide where Negan, the group, and everyone is going to be as they meet a group of individuals with really awesome suits that are their new villains. And that's who we're gonna be taking on in season 11. I tried my best, y'all. Woo! In case you can't tell, the later seasons are the ones I didn't watch, but that's it. That was an epic recap where you got all the pertinent information in there. You mispronounced Rick's son's name. It's actually Coral, but other than that, you you nailed everything, and I, I think that you set us up perfectly to get into this. Let's have some TV talk. First of all, 
congratulations on all your success. That was absolutely fantastic. So Maybe horrible. the best synopsis we've ever had on the show. Yeah. I mean, it really, it was hard. I just want to say, because I know y'all are going to be like messaging Lucy. She forgot this person and that wasn't what that person did. Give the girl a break. You did yeah. way more than what I was expecting. I thought you were just going to list off the locations and the villains. Each no, uh-huh. I wanted you to give you some beats. Give you That's some awesome. beats. That's awesome. This is so, basically like if you were trying to get the news from someone that only got the cliff notes of the news. Mm-hmm. That's what I gave you. Yeah, so every... <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, Jacqueline's who you want to see if you didn't read the book. You know she didn't read the book, but she knows more about the book than you do. And so now yeah. we try to give the book report. But I mean, like, to be fair, this is Walking Dead. And so I think combined, we've probably sucked through this show as loyal viewers for 26 seasons because Jacqueline's probably a good eight. I'm a good eight. Josh is all 10 seasons. So, Josh, I want to start with you. Do you have a favorite season? Well, season eight and season nine together are the best The Walking Dead ever was. In all of the seasons, in my in my opinion, I think that uh, Negan, it like the 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 turnaround of Negan. Because I'll be honest, I hated Negan as a villain. Not like hated him because he was evil. Hated him because it was like this. I'm at karaoke performance of what a villain's supposed to be. Like, ha ha, Rick, <laughs> I'm a cu- oh, I got a bat. It's like nobody talks like that, right? I am guessing. And a lot of you fine folks thought I was dead. Chewed up, never to be crapped out again. Well, here's a little refresher on who the hell I am. I wear a leather jacket, I have Lucille, and my nutsack is made of steel. I am not dying until I am damn good and ready. And then, then you had uh, the mom from In America come uh, and be alpha, yeah. right? And yeah, Samantha Morton. Yeah, all of a sudden, Samantha Morton goes from like, I'm your mother to being like, ooh, I'm a villain, right? But at least they they were a little more threatening than just Negan with a bat, right? And it was w- when she, when Beta kind of took over, Beta is the best, like, all around, you can't kill him villain because he didn't say anything. And it's Gary Bertier from uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah. Uh, so... That season eight and nine, there's so many different character developments happening. There's the the villains are legit terrifying because you don't know where they are. Mm. Whereas Negan, we were constantly like searching them out, and then they'd like appear somewhere, and then they'd kidnap somebody, and it was fine. And you knew eventually they were gonna get Negan because Rick kept telling you time and time again, "I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you," while sweat drips down his face in the same shirt he always wore. Right. Like that just got old. Whereas Alpha and Beta and the Whisperers, you had they had their, their her daughter and they talk about a crazy relationship. Obviously, a lot of therapy needed for that young girl. Um, but you had all these Whisperers always appearing everywhere. But what they did so well in seasons eight and nine was they used the herd. They used the herd. Our original villain, the Walkers, they used the Walkers. Bring back the Walkers. I was tired of seeing some backcountry militia warfare. Give me the Walkers. That's what we signed up for in this show. Okay? So instead of uh, a guy with a bat and like a bunch of people dressed like wolves and whatever, you now had the Walkers as their main enemy and they kept trying to move the herd 
And that's where my love of weird weapons in The Walking Dead could have really come to fruition. And we had Ooh. like that medieval sort of slant where, I mean, it, you talk about Ross Marquand's character now it literally just is wielding like a warning star on his left hand, which is pretty yeah. awesome. As shocked yeah. as I am that Josh didn't pick season 10 simply because that's the one where I believe we, we hang out in Pittsburgh for a little bit. It seems like season eight and nine for you, Josh, you are more of a fan of the matriculation of Negan as an actual fleshed out character who's complicated yes. as opposed to just the stock villain. I can, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but season eight is 64% on the tomato meter, and that's one of the lowest seasons. That might be the low. That is tied for the lowest season. Season seven and eight, 64%. Yeah, so, but nobody watched them. That's why. nobody Because nobody watched them. <laughs> that's yeah. when Jacqueline and I... Jump ship. So, Jacqueline, do you go further back, I assume, than Josh's favorite season? Yeah, I mean, because, like, again, y'all, that the, like, basically, uh, season seven, eight, and nine from my recap are partially watched, but mostly from YouTube recaps of what I was able to see <laughs> and a couple of quote videos. So, I have no idea half of this stuff had happened. I did know about the wolves. I did know about like Simon and that kind of stuff. So I was there for that little bit. But for me, the fifth season, because I was actually a fan of the comics. So like I was deep into this comics run. I remember I bought the, I mean, I, I checked out from my public library, Whoa. The Walking Dead volume one, which was the weekly comic sort of bounded together. Um, before the show was even a thing and I was breezing through that. And so I was ahead of the show for like a long time. But as the show started deviating, I was just like, I don't have time for that. And then I moved out here and comics pretty much became that thing I used to do before I had to do movies for a living. But season five, when Rick has that moment in the shed where he says, we are the walking dead, that is to me some of the greatest comic book Easter egg crossover moments because that's not a big moment as far as a cool quote. There's way more quotes from the show that people will be like, look at the flowers, sweetie. And, you know, they mess with the wrong ones. Those are more show quotes. The We Are the Walking Dead quote was like the one where I felt every bit of what I loved about the comic come into the show. But no matter what we find in DC, I know we'll be okay. Because this is how we survive. We tell ourselves that we are the Walking Dead. For people that didn't know that it, the show was called Walking Dead, I remember being on the internet and people were like, oh my God, they're the Walking Dead. Like, like there was a lot of people who had never made that connection. Um, and you're just sitting in your house, like just nodding. Like, yeah, no, I nodding, but excited. I've been waiting for it. I was like, I know they're going to pull this turn, you know? Because like, okay. like, is that like the... Jacqueline at home, kind of like that Family Guy moment, like ah ah oh. I mean, I was more. I was more Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like oh, that, you know. Okay, okay. But um, but it was good. Two great and, gifts. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was really good, and also because they called them walkers, that yeah. was also the part that really helped solidify the idea that you thought the zombies were the Walking Dead. Do you know what like really kind of sold me on the entire show is obviously in the pilot. When you see that, like, he's walking through the park and he sees that zombie, like, trying to get him that's cut in half. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a body with no legs. I'm like, okay, let's just say I got a little too drunk at Barney's one night. <laughs> Had too much Jack Daniels. I wake up and the world is now zombies. That like, checks out. Th that's where I would be like, oh, shoot. Like, look at all this. I The, the one night I decided to do this. <laughs> one night. But now, like... You wake up in this hospital. You don't know where the world is. That is where it messes with the actual human psyche of everything. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think I was so invested in the show from here on out because you don't know what the world is going to look like in this world. And the one that Robert Kirkman created, as soon as the walkers took over, the only people that survived were bad people. Yeah, yeah and, very much. Yeah. And every time we're, we're so conditioned as audiences to be like, OK, well, there's this evil supernatural like presence that is attacking us. We got to we, we got to pack together. We got to find other humans to yeah. for their safety in numbers. And it's like, no, the more numbers you have on Walking Dead, the more danger there is, because humans at their heart are pretty awful people, especially when we're trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. Sure. Would it all been presented if everybody took a vaccine? I don't want to get into that. Discussion. Honestly, <laughs> let the tea, the real tea. I just also want to say this, though, too, about like 
what I I like I think I would like about the later seasons is by about season seven, we realize that these characters who we love um, are great and invested in and we don't want anything bad to happen to them are villains in a lot of other people's stories. Totally. And yeah. that part and the Negan arc, I think, kind of makes that come to fruition. The because scene where Maggie sees Negan again and mm. and, and he's just like, hey, Maggie, <laughs> it's like, a, this I'm is going to be a long conversation. Yeah. This might be several conversations that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing your ex the next day in high school after she broke up with you on the phone the night before, but like a billion times worse. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad when that's the guy who bashed your husband's face in with yeah. a uh, baseball bat. But I go even further back than y'all. So Josh, season, I'm going to give you season eight slash nine, which is one of the yeah. lowest and the highest rated on the tomato meter. So I average out. Is it's 91%. Like the, it's the end of eight and all of nine, basically. Yeah, but I you, mean, you need that that little setup for season nine to really have the punch. Do. For Jacqueline, yes. your season's 90%. So I, I imagine you think Rotten Tomatoes is right. I tend to agree with Rotten Tomatoes for my favorite season, which I'm, I'm going to defend season two just because I loved, as much as it was like, oh, there's more dead people in a farm and we got to do something. I just love, love, love watching Shane and Rick try to figure this whole thing out. And <laughs> They just, kept zombies in a barn. They kept yeah. zombies in a barn. And it was unfortunate and we lost some good people. But my favorite season is actually season three, which is 88% because... The prison and then into Woodbury. Woodbury is the is the town that I want to live in. Look, is the politician, the governor that runs it evil? Yes. Are politicians in real life evil? Yes. We know this. So yeah. just accept it that some of the powers that be aren't the best of human beings. But also Woodbury is mm-hmm. the closest that we got to like having a Starbucks in this post-apocalyptic setting. And so Woodbury is what I gravitated towards because I like that even though there's zombies and the world as we know it is gone, we still can have nice things, if only for a little while. Yeah. Here's, the, here's the one thing about the governor is he's probably my favorite villain mm-hmm. in, my, in my least favorite storylines in the show because I hated the prison. I hate that they were just like waiting around for the governor and then the governor shows up in a tank, which is awesome. We live in different cell blocks. We never have to see each other till we're all ready. It could work. You know it could. It coulda. But it can't. Not after Woodbury. Not after Andrea. Look, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. Fact is, it's gonna be a hell of a lot harder than standing here shooting at each other. But I don't think we have a choice. We don't. You do. But the governor is the only villain in the show that didn't talk like he was a villain in a cartoon, right? <laughs> Because they was all also talk- the only one that was on there before it became a thing. Every other Correct. actor that was hired after that knew they were walking into 17 million views a yeah. week. Yeah, no, and I will and 100 agree with you on that. It's just a shame that like every time we got a villain after that, they were a caricature of a villain. From Negan to Alpha, who just like talked really weird, even to Jacinda or what was her name? Oh the yeah, girl- I forgot about the her, the pile. trash chick, the yeah. trash chick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who's your least favorite villain, Josh? So if your favorite villain is the governor, who would you say out of all the seasons? And then Jack, and I'll get your take. Who's the least favorite villain? Oh, Terminus. The like there that whole season of us Joe. chasing. Den- yeah, Joe at Terminus. It was like. Such a throwaway thing. If we didn't have Terminus explode via Daryl and Carol, right? If we didn't have it explode, that would have been the biggest waste because that whole season was legit walking. Without the Beth death and and the explosion, that whole that whole season is one-off walking episode. True that. Jacqueline, how about you? Favorite, least favorite villain? I think my least favorite villain would be the police girl, Karen. Ah, uh. From that same season. Um, yeah. I don't remember what her name was, but she was like Karen before Karen was personified. Right. Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. And like she was being mean to the guy that played Chris from Everybody Hates Chris, Tyler. And I was yeah, just I like, like I was not about that girl. And just at least with some of the dudes. And I'm not saying that every or, or even with Alpha, you could see where they got people to like 
get on their team. I'm like, bitch, nobody was on your team. Nobody yeah. was on your team. Ever. Ever. Not once. Yeah. yeah. So, I, um, yeah. I, if I'm going, I, I, like, it's hard for me. I can't really pin them as a villain, even though the show would try to make us not trust this person from time to time. But I just never liked this character. And I, I don't know why. Maybe y'all can figure it out. The, the character of Jesus in The Walking Dead, not the Bible guy. Bible guy is great. The character of Jesus in this show never got it, n never understood the appeal. And Jacqueline, you made a face. I mean, I'm not going to blame this on your gender, but the ladies listening to this who know what Jesus looks like, they will. Jesus There's... is like 5'4", and he yeah. jump punched a zombie. He jump kicked a zombie, which is I'm gonna let y'all have this no -no. one. I'm gonna let y'all have this one, and I'll let the internet take care of it for me. I don't even need to argue this for you because he, he was like he was fine. Josh, you know that that character was loved. Everybody well, loved of him. Of course, everybody loved Jesus. Yes, he was adorable. He was this cute little long haired guy is with news no to hat. Me. Ladies love Jesus. What would Jesus do? He would hat. He would hook up with a lot of the fans of The Walking Dead. No, and they love Daryl. They, they love a guy. No. Daryl one is the one the I never understood because I love Norman Reedus. Um, but well, on this show, he looks like showers are very optional. He was the original non-bathing celebrity. Even the lead, <laughs> even the lead singers of half of the grunge bands in the 90s are looking at him tricks. like, bruh, get a shower. Yeah. The hair. Yeah. Even David Perner from Soul Asylum is like, dude, I think you need to get the circus hose out. Yeah. The character. So Jesus is also my answer for the for my personal award, your most tedious character, like the one that you're like, look, I get that you're on the show and, and congrats on booking it. Who's the who's the character, Josh, that you're like, I'm ready for your arc to be done. And so we can move on from you. I would have said Carol until. I like had the, I've had that relationship with Carol, uh, but 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 that's seasons and seasons ago. I love the fact that Carol yeah. and Daryl now get their own spinoff. I am so stone cold a fan of Carol. I also like Morgan, even though he really wasn't on the show. So tedious. Michonne, yeah. at, Michonne at points is so tedious. No, uh, <laughs> like she, yeah, she just like. I, I never understood. I love her with the ninja sword. When she's killing everybody, it's awesome. When they try to get into her psyche of why she's doing it, I'm very bored by all that. Because let me, just give me death. I want to see them kill everything, okay? So for my story arcs and the care, like, ah, so many, uh, like the Beth thing with her mental, like all, I, I, I get it. I get that we have to have death to our character, but really just start killing everybody and that's where like when when maggie comes back she seems to be like i'm back and i'm killing everybody i'm like great i didn't really want to go into the maggie backstory whereas negan when you meet his wife and everything you're like okay we needed a little negan origin story but when he was killing everybody the show was way more entertaining to me all like the, the tedious side angles of like oh they're having a mental breakdown oh they're back oh they're having a mental breakdown oh they're back is what made this show so hard to watch sometimes over and over again. And that's I mean, but the like, reason... come on. We went through the similar thing and all we had to do was not be able to go to the movies for 18 <laughs> months. Like, I mean, legitimately, I don't Fine. blame that. It seems weird if they didn't have it. Um, I know. But who's your tedious character, weapons? Jacqueline? Father Gabriel. Uh, I've never understood worst. while he's alive. And Why I love that actor. Him? He was great in um, Starship the, Troopers. He's done like, wire? he was on The Wire. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. I want to stab him in both those eyes. Why is he breathing? He's, yeah, wait, that man are, and doors, he is just the worst with doors. Are you saying that the fact that, because I thought it got very interesting once he started sleeping around. I'll what? give him So now around. he's just infecting women with his bad penis along with his bad decisions? No, no. Uh -uh. Possible. Like, I think I, it's this whole idea that he was a priest and so now he's getting some. It makes it like Wait, taboo. what's wrong with his penis? Nothing. <laughs> really I'm just saying that it's attached to him. Oh, he's not a Catholic priest. He's like, he's like British. He's like a cool he's like evangelical. Yeah, he's <laughs> I mean, one of the guys that gets to like get married and stuff. I mean, I guess, but it still doesn't matter. Like, I guess my whole thing is, is that that's just not who I wanted to pair up with. Like, can we all agree that Coral was the most tedious character for true that? Like, I look my hot take in all of this is that I think you could accuse Rick of being the most tedious character simply That's because if, if you go sure. with Josh McCuga 
and you say that I what I really don't like about the show is when we have to go through all these subplots of characters having mental breakdowns. Nobody does more crazy eyes or looks or trying to reckon with the moment than talking to people Rick, who've been dead for four seasons. Yeah, Rick has those things. I mean, if if people know me in real life, you would say obviously, Mark, your most tedious character is Judith because why are we having babies in the apocalypse when we're <laughs> running from walkers? Wait, Abraham. Abraham's are really old people or or babies so maybe at least the old at least herschel was a doctor and he could help us out like judith is useless i know she comes back and i actually like the she's reveal great. of her in later she's like seasons. the girl in bear island yeah she's yeah, great yeah. In later seasons. i but just I, went during the prison i i wanted nothing to do with, with with judith being born why are we wasting our time here uh abraham i think said it best when he say when you were laying the batter where you're trying to make pancakes <laughs> <laughs> As Mark, Mark, it's called raising the stakes yeah. if there's I a child it's I always know. every damn zombie post-apocalyptic <laughs> movie we have to have a couple that has a kid because that's a, a proliferation of the species we have to save humanity <laughs> i get it i get it couldn't we have just gotten to virginia first and like seen if the internet still exists before we we're, we're lugging kids through multiple state lines yeah, yeah, that's a lot of trust in humanity not banging. Yeah, I mean, they're stressed I mean, out. They're gonna do it. Right. Even I didn't the even talk. Banging. Yeah, I didn't even talk about the like numerous black characters that they killed for reasons. Like Sasha? there was an entire run. I in, love like, Sasha. She, I thought Sasha she had a great. good death. She had yeah. a great death. I'm not saying about their death, but I just remember oh. so many of them, like T Dog and T Dog. Uh, yeah, like what was um, the guy with the hammer's name? I always forget his name. I don't remember. And he was awesome. Yeah, there was just like a just a Tyrese, like um, and Tyrese. Like, yeah, there was so many um folks that just seemed to just go by the wayside. My worst one though was the girl that had panic attacks, and like the minute she conquers a panic attack, they kill her. Do you remember yeah. this one? The girl uh -huh. that was like the doctor. I was like, oh, as someone that is <laughs> similarly affected, I was like, well, that's not hopeful. That's a that's a classic Walking Dead. You show their weakness, you show them overcome it. Whack. All right, so off. let's talk about couples, though, because we're talking about potentially having babies anyway. So all-time favorite couple. Who is the couple that you ship on Walking Dead, Josh McCuga? Easy. Lori and Shane should have been together the whole time. And oh, that's a scalding hot take. Come yeah. on. Look, Shane should have never gone away. He was the best character in the whole damn show. He's the only reason you kept watching on that daggum farm. And then, the, and then Rick wins? Oh, because I'm supposed to care for... Why? Because he held up the signs at the end of Love Actually. That's why I'm supposed to like Rick. God, kept Shane. He was the man. He had the right idea. Kill everybody. Kill everybody. <laughs> okay, Jacqueline, the bar has not been set high for you. For favorite couple. Favorite couple. Um, I guess Glenn and Maggie. I mean, that's an easy one. But I also... And this is not a couple, but it is a pairing. And that's Carol and Daryl. Yeah. Carol and Daryl have a love between them that was like sort of the seeds were planted Older when sister, she, younger yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, when 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 Sophia uh was lost and he brought her the flowers and all of that, like that that was thing there. And like it's still going and it still has, you know, a lot of rep, like um I think weight behind it. Uh so I, I would say Carol and Daryl. Actually I changed I, my mind. They're not a I, couple, but they're as close to a couple you can get no, without a sex scene. That, that that totally counts. I mean, I, I think Rick and Michonne had their moment like, like when they were good together, they were great together, in my opinion. But I think that one was forced. It was, I just thank didn't you, Jacqueline. It. I didn't get so that one. no no you chemistry Rick and Michonne was forced. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. When they started dating, I was like, wait. I wanted Michonne to get a girl. I was like, give Michonne sure. one of the ladies. Like, I felt like that would have been. I think Michonne and Maggie would have been more believable. I'm not going to say no to that. Boom. I'm not going to say no to that spinoff. But yeah, I, feel I mean, like I'm not it, saying they didn't have chemistry and it wasn't a whatever. And honestly, at that point, neither one of those characters could date somebody who they're like, you may be zombie meat in a week. It's like the it's Jersey tough. Shore house. They all sort of dated at one point, but that, that's because they were forced into it via the product of their environment, right? You Eventually, Rick and somebody had to hook up. He couldn't just focus all of his attention on killing everybody. Thank you. He's Same with a, he's, Michonne. Yeah, he's got a baby that he stupidly had with his with his dead Idiot. wife to raise. No, that's yes. Shane's baby. Come on. It is uh, Shane's probably, baby. That's Shane's baby. Probably yes. Shane's baby. I also really like Carol and Ezekiel. I thought that was a sneaky, fun relationship. Yeah. I did enjoy yeah. Ezekiel because anytime you have a guy who's got tigers, it's like it, it, I'm I'm now more intrigued in your subplot. Like if you're walking down the street and you meet Josh McCougar, you're like, hey, he's a nice guy. But if you meet Josh McCougar with two tigers, 
It's a I was cried more for that tiger than oh my god, I did that for tiger died. Half of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Half the characters on this tough, show. I, yeah, I was like legitimately one. upset when that tiger died. All right, but now we have the the real money question here is what are the scenes? What are the moments, Josh? If if you have to pick one Walking Dead moment that you're like, that's why I love this show. Could be a shocking death. Could be a cool zombie kill. Could be a conversation. What do we think? Well, it's definitely not a conversation, Mark. As you, as you can tell, <laughs> I wanted via, to give you the option. Well, you could tell via my entire uh, angle here on the show, which is kill everybody. Because um, I listen. I was the one that was always pitching different weapon ideas on different shows. Like they just, they didn't use enough cool weapons. They were always trying to like build up walls, just get more weapons from distance anyway. Uh, okay, so it's a very, it's a very like not remembered scene. It, it's either when they blow up Terminus, which I've already mentioned, but also when they tie those, the cables between two cars and drive the cars and just, clothesline a million walkers on the highway yes. and they just chop them in half and it's just a total bloodbath and I keep yelling to myself do this more like we need more of this kill the walkers and that's yeah there you go that's pretty that, that's a pretty great moment I, I do like a, I like a massive walker dump you know yeah. like I like just getting rid of hundreds of them at the same time yep. Jacqueline you're the moment that typifies walking dead to you um, I mean, I already kind of said it with um, We Are the Walking Dead, like I said, because this was more of a a comic holdover for me. But Carl getting some uh, pudding was pretty dope. <laughs> I really felt for that kid getting pudding at that moment. Like, I really did. Because yeah. that would be what, what ended me in the apocalypse. Like, if I Food. had, like, a craving for something and just knowing that, like, you're never you know, going to have it again. You're never going to have it again. Just bite me. Yeah, literally. For me, my my all time favorite moment in Walking Dead is the first moment that I like. I got I got goosebumps. I got chills because it was just so exciting to see this manifest. Even though I was not like Jacqueline and read the comics leading up to the show, you you could feel the the unification of folks that came to the show from watching it on TV and the people who had been with it since the comic when we got introduced to Michonne because we sort of had awesome. our, our core and then we see this person in the woods with two zombies behind her chained up, swords, the cloak, looking very Star Warsy, and it was just awesome because I think you can sympathize with this, Josh. We had seen brutality in the show up to that point. We hadn't seen anything as ruthless as Michonne. And so I look at Michonne as like the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird of The Walking Dead, where they kind of revolutionized and made the NBA the modern game what it is. Michonne made Walking Dead something that's going to continue on and on, ad fit, well, at least through 11 seasons and a bunch of spinoff movies. As great as the core characters are that we met in season one, meeting Michonne and seeing how excited everybody that year at Comic-Con got anticipating the arrival of that character was a highlight all time walking dead for me see yeah. here's the thing with michonne and i called her tediously or tedious early but she is Mich she can be tedious she can be tedious but i will say if michonne shows up you know shit's gonna get taken care of okay <laughs> you know that Mich like don't leave it up to the bunch of those other idiots like trying to figure stuff out whatever just give michonne a sword and watch her take care of business it's awesome hmm not, that's not, I'm not going to disagree. I, I liked Denai Guerrero and I, yeah, I'm happy that, you know, she got out. I mean, this is the thing, though. As much as people get mad about who's getting killed where, half the people that got killed is because they wanted to be. Yeah, they were like, done Or the like, show. they were like, we don't want to be. Like, it's a, it's a show shot in Atlanta out in the middle of nowhere. This is not like, in you know. In the summer. In the Some summer. People have been begging to be killed off and they just won't do it. So yeah. both in character and probably as the as the actors. So, <laughs> okay. I want to ask you all this as we say goodbye to TV talk before we transition to behind the scenes. The way that Rick left the show, how do we feel about it? Because it is sort of this epic thing where Rick, I mean, he gets impaled. It, it's, you know, miraculously avoided most of his major organs. He's just getting the crap beat out of him. And then he finds himself on this helicopter flying somewhere. 
So it is so open-ended, which gives us the opportunity to have these Rick Grimes possibly movie spinoffs that we'll talk about in a sec. But did y'all just like that? Not anticipating what could happen in film later on, just as a send-off to Rick, was that the way Rick should have gone out? Or should he have just been properly killed off? Or should he still just be alive leading a group to this day? I mean, it depends on how good they make it. If the candle's worth the flame. Okay. I feel like if you were going to... if You still got Judith. Coral's dead. Okay. Little badass Judith is still doing her thing. I at least it at least it kind of gave us a, a look to an outside world that is possible, like with a helicopter. Because I'm so tired of it just being this world. Like I would have loved to see more world building, like bigger sets, different people, like an actual culture, instead of legit just fighting for the same Alexandria. It, it got a little tedious. So if that opens up the, the world to an, like a little more Rick Grimes doing something else, sign me up for it. I want to see it. Yeah, I, I feel like this show is at its best when it is, it's on a good pace with expanding the world. And I think that's where a lot of people, maybe even when Jack and I just started to fall off, where it's like we, we felt like we were building towards something. And then we it, it's like that dream where... It, like I have to get to stage because I have a show and there's an audience waiting for me. And I just, it's like spinal tap. I can't find my way out of the green room and I keep trying to figure out a way. And I just can't, it's like, just get to the stage, just get to the yeah. stage. Like yeah. just get to Alexandria, get to wherever we're trying to go in that season. And let's, as they would say in the great young guns to finish the game. So that finishes TV talk, but now we're going to go into some behind the scenes stuff and talk about possibly some optimism for the future of walking dead and its many spinoffs hit the music. Yeah, so this I mean, let's let's start with the Carol and Daryl spinoff because after season eleven, we're gonna get this Carol Daryl spinoff with Fear the Walking Dead is already a fairly successful spinoff I'd say might get spinoff movies all of these things that are possible in the Walking Dead universe which gets Josh McCuga most excited. Uh, I tried to watch the first season of Fear the Walking Dead and it felt like a lot of the same. Um, so I was kind of like bummed by that uh, in in the sense of like, it's just another small group of people against bad villains that are the, they survived kind of a thing. And um, so, I mean, Carol Daryl Smithoff, truth be told, I just want to see those Rick movies. I want to know what happens to Rick. I want to see this bigger world. So if you're going to invest in it and you're going to give us Andrew Lincoln, who we've already invested nine plus seasons in, I, I, it, you have to want to see those Rick movies. I am, and and after revisiting this and catching up on some of the seasons that I had fallen off on and like getting to know what exactly happened to Rick, I'm very intrigued, not just with the Rick movies that are coming out, Jacqueline, but whether there is some hope for Rick appearing at the end of season 11, which is the final season of The Walking Dead. Do we get to see Rick one more time on the TV show? I mean, I think so. Like, they, they got to do that. Like, I think yeah. it would be, I think they'd have people like legitimately pissed. I think it's going to be like, you know, Everybody dies in the on six feet under. Like they're really gonna try and tie this up with a bow, especially after they fell off for those couple of seasons. But I think a lot of that has to do with too, like to be truth, like the, the comics fell off in certain points during that. Like the comics had a real like gully where where things went really kind of crazy. And actually the show coming on revitalized that because the comics were seven years deep when the show came on and around the time that the show came on is when the comics actually kicked back up into high gear after a bit of a gully, I would say in not enjoyment, but just people being as invested. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm very excited to start to, to pick back up and watch season 11. Josh, if you want to have the parties, I know you live on the good <laughs> side of Hollywood now with Jacqueline and I, so yeah. um, you can host us. And I, and I think Jacqueline, are, are you going to watch season 11 like real time? Cause I'm like, I'm fully backed in. I'm pumped. I mean, in theory, I would. I would say that my want and desire to watch it is great. But as you know, Mark, I turn into a pumpkin in about four weeks. <laughs> uh, and the only thing I'm watching once we get into September is movies that might get a trophy. Mama and so, gets busy. Mama gets very busy I, I mean, this time of look, year. Let me give you the truth. I still have not seen The Mandalorian. Oh, wow. The Mandalorian comes Mandalorian. out in December, y'all. The Mandalorian comes out in December. December, I am thinking about Oscars. And so it is very hard to like turn down the Oscar shortlist, which I'm literally paid to watch to be like, I'm going to go watch Pablo Pascal with a helmet on. I want to. <laughs> I want to. 
But he I looks right, good Josh. in the helmet. He looks he good. He does look. I mean, it's. I, I know the show is great. Yeah. I, I literally have. You know, people that I'm very close to are upset and that I I've not watched it's the show. Pedro Pascal. Pedro. And, did I say Pablo? Pedro. It did. That's his yeah. brother. He's a classical guitarist. Oh, okay. There you go. Thank you. I made that up. 100%. Really? Yes. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, bringing Pedro it back to Walking Pascal. Dead or Fear the Walking Dead. I'm a big Ruben Blades fan. Who's a yeah. good musician. Yes. As well. um, Josh. What can we expect in season 11? I want the official Josh McCuga prediction for what we're going to see in season 11. Who's making it out? Who's not? What's going to happen? What's going down season 11 from Josh McCuga? It's such like a it's such a weird hard prediction because you're so spread out now and uh you know you got people locked in trains, you have uh, uh others just kind of wandering around. You've got the Maggie Negan thing, you've got people trying to rescue other people. I feel like we're somehow going to get to somewhere where there's an actual civilization, right? And they're going to actually be assimilated in somewhere to like a city. I don't know if it if it gets to like some part of the world has actually been working towards something and they're bringing on good people to try and keep that. I, again, ending after 11 seasons like this, so open-ended would be The Walking Dead way to do it um but do you want to see that or do you want because no. I, I like neat resolutions and i feel like fans who've been hanging with the show for all 11 seasons deserve that or maybe they don't want that maybe that's why they've stuck around all these seasons is that they love the open-ended they just want to speculate ad nauseum forevermore about what the file from season 11 was yeah because that's so much fun for sopranos fans <laughs> um hey you, yeah, you get I, a prequel now you're getting yeah you can sequel movies to Walking yeah. Dead, so it just opens the door for more potential. I'll be one honest thing, with you. If I was in that writer's room, I'd be stressed out. Yeah. Although one thing with the Soprano prequel, I don't want to judge it because this is actually a film that's a little bit in my world, even though it's TV, but it's going to be at New York Film Festival, I would think. That, sh that movie, I assumed, would be opening New York Film Festival because it's like the most New York thing, like Sopranos, and it got beaten out by a black and white Macbeth. Which oh, makes me yeah. think that that movie may not have the goods, David Chase. I don't know. It's have for Sopranos fans. It's a fan um, service. It's awesome. Y'all ever been to, uh, to, I think it's Sonoya. It's like outside of Atlanta where they film the majority of The Walking Dead. Yeah. It is the whole town. It's just this tiny town. And Christian Rubalcaba, our engineer, and I got on assignment there one time. So we spent a weekend hosting this event for hardcore Walking Dead fans. We went around to a lot of the locations where they had filmed up to that point. I think Christian, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was to kick off season five, I think, is what we were hosting that event for. And so we were like just taking people around, taking pictures. And it was so much fun meeting like the townsfolk and how excited they are because that town's whole economy is the walking dead. There's a restaurant that Norman Reedus and I think Greg Nicotero own together where everybody eats on like the one main street. And it's kind of awesome being right there. I mean, I would love it. I love any kind of like film back, any little town that's just, made by this it's like gilmore girls why wouldn't you want to live in gilmore girls same mm -hmm. seems amazing you know i i i've I'd never rather been go to hobbiton but it's fine <laughs> yeah or like uh croatia where they shot game of thrones or newark new jersey no don't go to newark not nice i've not nice spent wedding. many a uh, a good time in newark new jersey including a wedding where i stayed at the newark airport hilton all right <laughs> that is gonna do it for our behind the scenes of The Walking Dead. And now it's time for Mailbag. That's right, Josh. People write us. People love our show so much they write us. And so we give them a beloved name, the Ketchup Crew. And this is from our member of the Ketchup Crew, Michael Kesson. And oh. Michael says, I usually check the score for a movie on Rotten Tomatoes before I see it, but I did not for this movie. Meet Joe Black. The reimagined film of Death Takes a Holiday was a movie I thoroughly enjoyed, and I heavily disagree with the 45% splat. I'd love to see you guys talk about this. Love you guys. All right, roundtable on Meet Joe Black. Look, I love Meet Joe Black. Not because I've ever seen the whole movie, but because I paid to see that movie so I could watch the first trailer for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. That's so right. Meet Joe Black will forever hold a special spot in my heart. Josh, Jacqueline, have we seen Meet Joe Black is it worth talking about? Uh, we're definitely worth talking about uh, Brad Pitt's uh, Jamaican Patois in that movie. 
Okay. Seriously, I really hope they pull up the audio clip because Brad Pitt and his Legends of the Fall 90s awesomeness literally sounds like Chet Hanks in the middle of that movie. <laughs> Please Josh, play the sound, y'all. Please um, play the sound. Have you seen Meet Joe Black? Are you I aware have seen of Meet, Meet Joe, Joe Black? Black and I love like heartfelt Claire Forlani, a very underrated actress. Um, I... I, I 45% is low. I mean, that's like Josh McCuga favorite movie level low. So um, I I think Rotten Tomatoes might have it wrong there. It's a, it's a solid heartfelt movie with a very coy, uh, naive Brad Pitt. That's kind of lovely. It's sort of like Phenomenon with John Travolta. Yeah, I love Phenomenon. I, yeah. I did not expect that answer coming out of Josh McCuga's mouth. Uh, you have impressed me, sir. You have grown so much since I first discovered you in a dumpster outside the Laugh Factory. You're doing uh, no problem. so many. That's actually Josh and I met at the Laugh Factory like three in the morning, uh, way <laughs> back when, even before The Walking Dead premiered. So, Josh, yep. I knew you'd be a great guest. You did not disappoint. And I think Thank that you. we all did a great thing today going through 10 seasons of Walking Dead. And these are thick seasons, too. These are seasons like season 5A and season 5B. So, Jeff did a great job with synopsis. 23 episodes. It's amazing. It's a lot of TV. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a crap ton of TV, and I know that you, for whatever reason, Josh, are... So you don't get scared watching Walking Dead? Because no, I know you get scared at everything. Very few jump scares in The Walking Dead. Like, yeah, they'll get me on a few jump scares here and there. But, like, every time a zombie's coming, you can hear them. Because you're just like... Ah, right. And you know they're coming mm, out of nowhere. Like, yeah. look inside that door. There's going to be a zombie. Ah, there they are. All mm. right. Well, I'm still not sitting next to you for the big... Uh, Rick Grimes movie, Walking no, Dead. I just no. don't trust it yet okay. with you okay. and I in a theater for a horror movie. But yep. I do uh, love you dearly as a friend. Where can everybody find all the good stuff you're doing at the GPA, all the other cool things you have in your yeah. life? Not the least of which is your beyond adorable daughter who needs oh, even more you. Instagram time than she already gets. <laughs> she's amazing and you're doing a great job as a new dad. Oh, thank you. Yep, she, she's uh, almost six months now. Uh, she's already watched Bad Boys 2, and she is just the biggest fan as me. Um, we'll have you back on for our Bad Boys 2 episode, I promise. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, at Josh McCuga, Twitter and Instagram, at GoodPeopleGPA, the YouTube.com slash C slash the Good People Association. The Positivity Reports every single morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, and then Josh Brady every Friday live at 2 p.m. Mark is there tomorrow with Christian Harloff. First time they've been on camera together in the same room in a long time. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that my, my old friend, now nemesis on Josh Brady, <laughs> Christian Harloff. Um, is, do you have a, like a movie or streaming recommendation for us? You're not allowed to pick Bad Boys 2, and you're not allowed to say just watch Jeopardy. I'm putting handcuffs okay. on you. Oh, I don't know if do, you can do that. There's a lot of drama with Jeopardy right now. <laughs> yeah, People are not, not happy. You got one yeah. host, and now you have multiple hosts. And this and is all nobody's setting up perfectly. happy about either. Josh, <laughs> and I'm telling you, Josh, what did, I, what did I tell you? Because Josh has been campaigning forever that he would like to host Jeopardy. Whenever Alex Trebek did decide to step away, Josh wanted to succeed him. And I think this is setting up perfectly for you because what I told you is that whoever has to follow Trebek, it's an impossible task. You can't follow Trebek. And so you just have to follow the people that followed Trebek. And this is just setting up all things are turning up Makuga in the world of Jeopardy. I just want you to know that life is a long it. time. <laughs> It's futility, Mark. It's the actual game of living. Um, the uh, I, If I was going to recommend something right now, a lot of good streaming movies. Uh, it's hard to watch a movie with my wife who doesn't have the same taste as me in movies, but we can binge TV shows. And I will say the best sketch comedy show since Key and Peele is I Think You Should Leave on Netflix with Tim Robinson. It is by far the funniest thing that Netflix has put out. And if I, I would be appalled if I didn't mention Ted Lasso. It's my favorite show on TV currently. That is a show that I could accurately predict you watching. Walking Dead, yep. that one still throws me for a curveball. does. <laughs> just a little bit. We love when our fans chime in, when they come along with us for the conversation. And if you want to be like our esteemed member of the Ketchup Crew, Michael Kesson, you can email us at rtiswrong at rottentomatoes.com. That's rtiswrong at RottenTomatoes.com. Let us know a movie, a TV show that you want us to talk through and let us know your thoughts on the movies and TV shows we have discussed on the program. Whether you're watching us, whether you're listening to us, subscribe, hit the stars, rate, review, whatever your provider of choice asks you to do with podcasts, please do it for us because we love you, so show that you love us. Jacqueline, next week, 
We got a big, big movie. It's a little out of season for this movie, but when it's a great romantic comedy, you can never get too far away from the season of giving. I'm a firm believer this one is never out of season. We're taking a trip, we're getting on a plane, and we're going to Nancy Myers The Holiday with a very special guest. Uh, for any of you Doctor Who fans, that's right, we got, I think, one of the most beloved companions, Billy Piper. She's on there with us for that episode where she also defends its honor. It's a great episode. Can't wait for if you. You don't want to move to the English countryside after that movie. There's something wrong with you. Seriously. That movie's perfect. Oh. Yeah. All right, so me, Jacqueline, Billy Piper, Lucy, and now we might add Josh to Zoom this movie. <laughs> Mark, you know time. me. I love a good rom-com. I, I've never not liked a rom-com, ever. I know, and every rom-com you've ever seen has elicited full-on weeping from yep. this young man. He's emotional. He's Italian. He's from Pittsburgh. He is Joshua <laughs> Hercules Makuga. For him, Lucy Bruckner, the great engineer Christian Rubalcaba, and hey, Brian Perez, we miss you. You're coming back soon. My wonderful co-host and the synopsis queen of all synopses, Jacqueline Coley. I am merely Mark Ellis. For the entire crew here at Rotten Tomatoes, that's a walker, and I hope they don't bite me. Have a great one. We'll see you all next week for the holiday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.